0: hey everybody this is pastor james and welcome back to the midweek bible study today we are starting chapter 12 and we'll begin discussing about spiritual gifts now this is a little bit of a conundrum as many people including the church in corinth has tried to use their god-given spiritual gifts as a way to elevate themselves above one another's that even happens in the churches today in america so let's see what paul has to say to this young and troubled church In Corinth, let's read together uh, verses 1 through 11 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that not no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but in the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy, and he gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Okay, so one cool thing to realize as we get started in this today is that when you look at the original Greek manuscripts of this passage, it actually doesn't refer to these things that we're talking about as spiritual gifts, but it refers to them as spirituals. And so the word gifts was added in by the translators in order for us to kind of get a better understanding of the context upon which Paul is referring to as he writes about these spirituals, these things that God truly does give us. And it is important to understand that that the spiritual gifts that people receive are nothing more than gifts. We didn't earn them. We don't deserve them. They are given freely according to the Lord's uh, plan and His will. And we don't always understand why God chooses some people to receive certain things and others for other things. But it's all according to his will, his plan, and his choice. So, the church in Corinth obviously had a question about these special abilities that they had received by the Holy Spirit. Uh, They were having some trouble dealing with it, and Paul said that he didn't want them to misunderstand. Now, other translations that you might read will say that Paul did not want them to be ignorant And that sounds a little harsher than just not understanding. Uh, I think it's probably more of the way that we use the two words, because they mean the same thing, but one of them is meant for insult, while the other may be uh, a little softer in its reference. Um, But the church in Corinth was pretty proud of their knowledge and their lofty views of themselves, so I'm sure that Paul had to bring them down to proper size in many aspects at times. And Paul refers back to before they accepted Christ and how they were pagans that were so easily led astray by worshiping worthless idols that didn't speak. They had been fooled and yet thought that they were wise. And Paul wants them to make sure that they are seeking true wisdom that comes only from God and not from the world. And Paul gives them a truth that they need to cling to. If someone is speaking in the Spirit of God, they will not curse Jesus, and no one will say that Jesus is Lord apart from the Holy Spirit. Now, this is really important to understand why Paul's saying this, because many people were claiming to be spiritual and they were expressing spiritual gifts inside the church, but at the same time, not everyone was bringing glory to Christ. Paul was simply saying that you can test a person's true identity by Jesus. You can measure, weigh out, test if a person is in the spirit of God or if they are in the spirit of Satan, which is lies and deceit. People can only glorify Jesus if they are living in the power of the Holy Spirit. So if the people's gifts glorify Christ, then they should belong to Christ and therefore they can be trusted and accepted. But if these people are using these gifts to cause division and animosity and they're glorifying themselves and That probably means that they really belong to Satan, who is trying to steal God's glory, which is what Satan has always done. So Paul moves on in verse 4, talking about us having different kinds of spiritual gifts, and Paul actually goes on to list nine gifts later on, Uh, and, and we read that at the end of the passage that we just read, and we'll talk about them in a minute. But right now he's focused on, he's not focused on the gifts themselves, but he's focused on The source of those gifts, which is really important. And you have to remember that Christ and the Holy Spirit are the source of these spiritual gifts. They do not come from us. We cannot boast about them in any way. They only exist and they're only given in order to bring glory to God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, God gives us different gifts, but it is the same God that does all of these works in us. So it's only from God. He is the source. Now, it is very easy for people and even Christians. Now, it's very easy even for us to get caught up in our own lives, our own talents, our own abilities, our own ministries, and even our own spiritual gifts to think that what we are doing is more important than others. And I've been a part of... Uh, ministry in church now since 2004, so going on 19 years this year. I've been in ministry, and I have witnessed firsthand many times in the local church, in other aspects of ministries inside the community with missions projects, with with camps that you have multiple churches attending. And I've seen it so many times where individuals think that what they are doing is more important than what everyone else is doing. And therefore, they should get more attention. They should get more time. They should get more money in order to accomplish their task they feel called to do. So it's very easy for us to get lost in that, even as Christians. And, you know, we're all in this together. You know, we have a goal to accomplish That is unbelievably larger than ourselves. And I think we forget that. I'm not even sure that sometimes we can even comprehend what that means. But if we take a step back and we just take a deep breath and just say, Okay, God, like speak to me, show me. I think it's pretty easy for us to realize that we are just not equipped as individuals to do ministry on our own. Jesus never intended for us to do ministry on our own. And he never gifted anyone on earth to do the ministry of God all on their own. Uh, And it's very much a team effort. And when we say team, I mean the church. And not just your local church, but even the global church, the true body of Jesus Christ. We're all meant to help and support one another in this. And this is why we all get spiritual gifts. And it's why we all get... Different spiritual gifts. So verse 7 is really the heart behind why God gives us these gifts. It's so that we can help one another. Can you imagine what someone would be like if they had all of the gifts of the Spirit uh, that that God has manifested in them as individuals? They would be... Some of the most difficult people in the world to deal with. Their, their head would be so big from pride, you probably couldn't get them inside the doors of the church or get them out of the doors of the church, for that matter. Um, to understand that when you find truly gifted people, people who are truly gifted in ministry, it's, it's even difficult for truly gifted people who are serving the Lord to the best of their abilities to not let certain things go to their head at times. I've been guilty of that in the past, and I know other uh, people in ministry who who have been guilty of that and who are guilty of that, and And it happens. You know, it's like sometimes we just lose sight that this is really about God, and it's not about us or our abilities. It's all about Him. But God gives us these abilities so that we can help one another, so that we can glorify and honor God the Father, and then we can help and lift up our brothers and sisters in Christ in the middle of this. So our gifts should not profit us at all. And that's really important to remember that if you're if you're listening today and you read this passage that to understand that whatever gift God has given you, you should never try to use that gift to profit yourself, but you should try to use that gift for the benefit of others and to bring glory to God. If we use these gifts to elevate ourselves in any way, we're... We're not just in danger of sinning, we're living in sin because we're idolizing ourselves. We're worshiping ourselves in a sense if we're using our gifts to glorify ourselves because these gifts were meant to glorify God. And Paul goes on to list some of these gifts of the Spirit. So, so let's list these gifts one more time. He talks about uh, the ability to give wise advice, to have special knowledge, to have great faith, the gift of healing the gift of miracles, the gift of prophecy, the gift of discernment, uh, of messages, to uh, the ability to speak unknown languages, and the ability to interpret those unknown languages, or uh, the gift of tongues, as many people would refer to it as. But Paul just mentions them in passing. He mentions those nine things in passing. He really doesn't give them a lot of credence in that. He, he, he pulls back in. Uh, pulls the the readers and the church back in to this aspect of reminding them that the Spirit is the one who gives these things. Like, okay, you may have these things. There, th- these are nine things that Paul identifies, but you may have these things, but the Spirit is what's important. He's the one that gives them. And he alone decides who gets these gifts, and so it's not for people to decide. It's not for people to choose, and it's definitely not for us to brag about because God chooses. Um, and that's really important. You know, it's really important that as we finish up today, you understand that that Paul is really focusing on the fact that our eyes should be on Christ. That the Holy Spirit is the source of all these things. And really, we should be pursuing to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But before we move on, I just want to talk about these nine gifts that paul talks about because people are interested in them obviously people want to be filled with the holy spirit and we want to know that we have gifts that that we can use to glorify god so so let's talk about these for a second the first one was wise advice which is the ability to deliver wisdom from god in a unique way in important situations The second one is special knowledge, and that's the ability to know unique information that could only be revealed by God. And and I talk about these two together because there's a huge difference between wisdom and knowledge. And you've probably met someone in your life who has a lot of knowledge, they just know things. Like I know a couple of guys who, who you could take them to a trivia night anywhere in the country. And they would probably win because they have all sorts of knowledge. But at the same time, these two guys that I'm thinking of, while they are great people, they're not very successful in life in a lot of ways. They have all this knowledge, but they don't have the wisdom to apply that knowledge to do anything beneficial with it. They just know it, but they don't really do anything with it. And so... Having wisdom is very different than having knowledge, and having wisdom from God is very different than having knowledge of spiritual or godly things. And so there's there's a difference there. Um, You know, it's kind of splitting hairs, but not really. When you start digging down into it, um, there's a lot of people uh, who know. uh, For instance, there's a lot of people who know the Bible. They could quote it. They they could quote all kinds of passages. But there's very few people who can read God's Word and truly uh, be able to understand what it means and communicate that. And so maybe that'll help you understand the difference between wisdom and knowledge that are two gifts that God gives us. Uh, The third thing is great faith. And great faith is a very special thing. Now, faith is something that we're all called to, but some people have great faith. And that allows them to lead the charge for others who are struggling in their faith um, to follow God and trust in him in difficult circumstances. So as a leader in the church, someone with great faith could help a church move beyond fear and being stuck to really follow God's leading in ways that don't make sense to the world. It doesn't make sense to a lot of people. But because uh, people have great faith, they're able to step out beyond what makes sense, beyond uh, what seems rational to do things that God's calling them to do now the next thing is is healing the gift of healing which is the God-given ability to heal diseases to cure illnesses and etc this is not something that people can just usually wield however they like now there are a lot of people who have pretended in the past <clears throat> to be able to heal And they've used those things to make themselves wealthy and build uh, fame for themselves and build these huge followings for themselves. But if you look back at scripture, um, there are a lot of things that, like Paul, uh, you know, he had this thorn in his flesh. And we're not sure whether or not that was spiritual or physical, but, you know, God chose not to heal him. And his young protege, Timothy, uh, also, like, could not be healed, even though Paul was able to heal others and and do things. Uh, Timothy was never healed, and so there's a lot of people uh, in Scripture that you you read about and you see that aren't healed and they aren't spared of things, while others are. And so the gift of healing is really um, it's really spirit led. It's one of those things that people have the ability to do that, but it's as the Spirit allows them to, and you got to be aware of those things so that you don't get swept up by people who are claiming these, uh, this amazing spiritual gift that they can do for you for just a certain amount of money, so just be weary of those things. Uh, the next gift is the gift of miracles, and in the New Testament, <clears throat> um, basically, those were always uh, referred to as acts of power. Um, and it's ex- as explained by some of the theologians as i was reading uh preparing for this this is basically when god proves to be beyond the laws of nature such things as paul being bitten by the poisonous viper and not dying or dead people being brought back to life um, things like that uh, the miracles were just beyond what people could comprehend or understand it even goes beyond healing in a lot of ways And so that was a big one. Um, And it is important to note that when you're talking about miracles and the gift of healing, usually those two gifts are also accompanied with someone who also has great faith. Because if you think about it, someone who has the ability to heal and has the ability to do miracles has to have faith that that's available for that moment in time. And that's pretty that's a pretty big deal. So usually those three kind of go hand in hand uh, in a lot of ways. So <clears throat> the next one is prophecy. And this is the ability to deliver God's messages that typically seem to be for future things. Not always, but sometimes. And uh, it's really important to understand that prophecy is not fortune-telling, uh, as many people kind of fall trap or prey to that um, but it's important to understand a lot of prophecies, especially in the Old Testament, were pretty obscure and they were hard to understand. Uh, many times the events uh, have to come to fruition for people to fully understand what the prophecies mean and and to understand their full meaning in that. And there were a lot of things that Jesus said while the dis- while he was still with his disciples that... <clears throat> the disciples didn't understand but after his death and when things begin to happen then they begin to understand and see oh jesus was prophesying about it he was telling us about these things and we really didn't understand what he was saying but now that they've happened now we understand they were prophecies and jesus was a he was the savior but he was also a prophet he prophesied about his death he told them what all these things that were going to happen and they just couldn't get it but once it happened they could look back and see it very clearly the other one is the discernment of messages now this is the ability to know whether or not something is true or false and it's the ability to know what is of the spirit and what's of the enemy and Satan often presents himself as light and truth when in reality he is darkness and lies he's a wolf in sheep's clothing. And people with the gift of discernment should be listened to by the rest of the church body because they have the God-given ability to look at people and to discern whether or not they belong to the Spirit, to Jesus Christ, or if they belong to the enemy. And they can warn their brothers and sisters in those regards. That's a very important gift to have, discernment. The gift of tongues or unknown languages is probably the most well-known in our culture and it's probably the most controversial. This gift has probably been the most abused or uh, imitated gift in our uh, culture today. Now many people claim to have this gift and this was even a big deal in the New Testament as many people in the church were having a hard time discerning what was of the Lord and what wasn't. Paul gave special instructions on how to deal with this, especially in a corporate worship setting because so many people were speaking in tongues. It was disrupting the service. Um, A lot of times things were being said in unknown languages and no one knew what was being said. So, you know, if people are just speaking in unknown unknown languages and no one knows what's being said, it kind of becomes useless in a church setting and so you got to be aware of those things and paul gives direction in that um the gift of tongues can be a personal prayer language and so i know a couple of people who have that personal prayer language and they don't uh display that gift in a corporate worship setting they just do that between them and the lord which is totally fine uh, it's not affecting anyone else it's just between them and the lord but Um, When you're talking about speaking in tongues, especially with other believers during a worship service, um, it must happen with an interpreter and should always be carefully controlled because uh, this tends to be one of those gifts that people really like to pretend or imitate so that they can fit in and and make this claim that they are uh, spirit-filled or whatnot. Now. Many people think that speaking in tongues is the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. But I want to remind you today that the, just having a gift of the Spirit by no means uh, claims you as being filled with the Spirit. I want to say that again. Just because you have a gift of the Spirit by no means uh, reveals that you are filled with the Spirit. Because when you look at the church in Corinth, and you look at these young believers, now this is a church that's about two years old, maybe even a little less than two years old. These believers were full of people that used to be idol worshipers. You know, Paul talked about how easily they were led astray. They were struggling with eating food that was offered to idols, and whether or not that was okay. And some of them were uh, falling into like not idol worship, but they were inevitably participating in idol worship by going to the temple to eat the food offered to idols because it was cheap and free. They were struggling with sexual sin. They were doing things that was not even accepted in their culture, which was saturated in sexual sin. So you're talking about a congregation of people who are really struggling in their walk with Christ, And yet they have spiritual gifts. But by no means does it seem that they are filled with the Spirit. And so they have all these gifts that they're talking about. Paul's going to continue to talk about this for a couple more chapters. But by no means does it seem that they are Spirit-filled. So you can have a gift of the Spirit. You could speak in tongues. And by no means does it mean that you are filled with God's Holy Spirit. That's very important to remember. So don't be fooled by people who try to claim that the only way you know you're filled with the Spirit is if you speak in tongues or have one of these other gifts. That's not true. There are many people who have wonderful gifts from God right now that are living in sin and using those gifts to glorify themselves and everything else but Christ. You've seen pastors around our country fall prey to sin. They fall into temptation. They fall prey to, um, uh, you know immorality and all sorts of things. You know, maybe they fall prey to stealing money. There's all kinds of people who are living in sin who have great spiritual gifts. I actually talked to a friend this past week who is at a church and they're dealing with uh, their senior pastor that is uh, potentially having and uh, in, struggling in immorality. I'll just say that. And, At this time, their church is growing, their church is doing great, there are people being saved, there are new families coming and joining in membership, there's some really great things going on at this church, and their pastor is currently living in sin. So you have to be really careful of that, that, that God can use people, God can give people great gifts but it's up to us as to whether or not we are allowing ourselves to be daily filled with the Holy Spirit, and we use these gifts to glorify Christ, or we use these gifts to glorify ourselves. All right, so last one, interpreting tongues, which is most definitely, I would say it's more important than actually speaking in tongues, because if this person doesn't exist, then Paul is saying that you shouldn't even be speaking in tongues in a corporate setting, because... It's useless, and so it's probably not of the Spirit. So you have to have an interpreter, someone who can hear this unknown language and communicate what the Spirit is trying to say through these people in these unknown languages. And um, this is very, very important. Uh, These people affirm what the Spirit is trying to say. They can communicate the message and now make the act of speaking in tongues useful to the entire body of Christ. Now, all these things that we just mentioned caused issues among the people in the church in Corinth. They were still trying to elevate themselves above one another. They were trying to outdo one another. You know, it was always about which apostle they followed, which one did this, which one did that, which one was divorcing their husband or wife so that they could remain celibate and be more holy than everyone else. And now they're trying to use their gifts from the Holy Spirit in order to elevate themselves among each other. And this is why we're going to read the second half of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 next week where Paul is talking about unity in the Holy Spirit because this church was so divided and they were using the gifts of the Spirit to divide themselves when in fact... The Holy Spirit gives us spiritual gifts so that we can help one another and it should be bringing unity to the body of Christ. So as we close out today, I just want to encourage you to be faithful, to be holy. Don't allow yourselves to be swept up in sin and using different things to glorify yourselves, but glorify Christ in all that you do. Use your gifts to bring glorification to God. And use your spiritual gifts to help other people. Uh, That's what they're for. That's what God has given them for. And in that, as we serve Christ and we serve one another, there should be unity in the body. And so I just encourage you today, uh, as you listen to this, as you pray, as you read Scripture, as you serve inside your church, I hope it's Graham, but whatever church you may be a part of, that uh, you are doing everything you can to bring unity to the body of Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit and the ways that God has gifted you. All right, let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for this beautiful day, for uh, the ability to read your word and to learn from the, the church in Corinth. Lord, you know that we're not perfect, that we've all made mistakes. Lord, if they wrote uh, books about us, uh, Lord, I would be terrified to think about what someone would write about Graham Chapel, in order to help other churches learn what to do and what not to do. Um, But Lord, you have been gracious, and you have loved us, and you have blessed us beyond what we deserve. And I pray, God, that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on all of us today. Lord, fill us, um, speak to us, guide us, give us spiritual gifts so that we can glorify you, and remind us always that we are yours. These gifts come from you. They come from the one source, in order to bring us all back to you together as one body. Lord, we love you today. We uh, thank you for everything. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. Thanks again for tuning in for another week. We love you. We're praying for you, and we hope to see you on campus. If not, catch us on Facebook, YouTube, or the podcast, and we'll see you soon.